For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 187 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're going to talk about Star Wars. Me and my buddy Will here. And probably, That's what we like to do. Probably some and stuff if we weren't on the radio Wars. doing it, we'd be doing it anyway. That's true. So, uh, how's your week been, buddy? Oh, I can't complain. It's been good. How about yours? It's been pretty good. Work's picking up a little bit, so a little bit more busy, but still, nice. still finding uh, some time to squeeze in some Halo time with my buddy Will. Yeah, hell yeah. I played some Halo 3 on Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. It was a good old time, except... It was good. Boy, did I suck. You did not suck. And we I, won most of the games we played. And I was just talking my fool head off. I had a case of the can't shut the fuck ups. That's never a problem. All day Tuesday. Well, all evening Tuesday. <clears throat> Anyways, um, so tonight we're going to talk about some stuff from The Mandalorian. Uh, I'm going to relay to you my experience listening to the Disney quarterly earnings call. Because everybody, including myself, was getting all hyped thinking that maybe there would be some juicy news in that. And uh, we're going to hear from you guys. Get finished getting caught up on our emails and voicemails, which is totally doable tonight, I believe. So Sounds like, spoiler alert, there was not a lot of juicy news. Well, I typically the juicy news would have come across, like you would be, like... I would have come across it in the feed. Right, right. You would be like, oh, shit. <clears throat> They announced a fucking, I'm looking around the room, uh, Bosk series for Disney Plus or something, you know, like right. nothing like that. Well, anyways, um, let me guys, let me, let me give you guys the business and then we'll get on to the matters at hand. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. 
Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And we have a Patreon page. That's right. If you enjoy the show for as little as three bucks a month, you can help support the show and get some sweet Blue Harvest bonus content every Monday. We post up a bonus show. This uh, most recent Monday was our newest episode of Cooking with Will, where Will broke down how to cook some tasty lamb dishes. Lambs. But that's not all. We also have, oh no, it's Hall Solo. We have Jaws. We have Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel. And we have Blue Harvest Adventures, where Will and I, along with Jesse, Colleen, and Game Master Extraordinaire, Robbo, Robbo. are playing the first edition of the old kick-ass uh, West End Games role-playing game. And... Speaking of Robbo, our buddy Robbo whipped us up a little preview. So if you're not a Patreon, here's a little sneak peeky and some Blue Harvest Adventures to maybe whet your appetite. So why don't you check this out? So with a loud crack, a bright flash, and a smear of pseudo-motion, your target, the heavy freighter Lazy Comet, is wrenched back into real space, violently ripped out of its faster-than-light voyage. Inside, the crew is thrown forward like ragdolls. There's a howl of klaxons that echoes through the comet's uh, dimly lit corridors. Because this is like, you know, a Star Wars movie, so we get to cut to see what, like, the, the other guys are doing, right? Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, a couple gunners rush to, the, uh, to some ladders to, to man the gun. <laughs> Jolie's voice uh, crackles over your com board again. All right, it's time to make the sweet rings. Forget the defensive, like I said, and straight for the hull. All right, Arden. That's all you, buddy. Starboard, make it happen. Well, you're in, you're you're. In, I think you're in the you're manning one of the gun turrets, and Zira is manning the other ones. But assuming you guys just want to follow uh, her directions, or are you going to do your own thing? Oh, I mean, look, oh, I'm going to no. listen to the smart pirate lady. Zira, it's uh, you, you can you can uh, hot dog it if you want to, but <laughs> what does hot dog it? Mean? I don't know. I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> I'm a hot you dog. You know, this. someone out there hot dogging, they're just showing off, right? <laughs> oh, is that what that means? See, I'm yeah. going to be out here tacoing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not like that, all right? It's not I'm just going to be out here noodling. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Shaking yeah, it like a helicopter. I'm lighting right. up those asteroids. So both of the I main eaters. Oh. Oh, oh, no, no, no. You're, you're, you're shooting the ship now. You got the okay, ship. Okay, 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 okay. So, uh, Which they roll? Um, uh, as you're shooting a, a, a stationary target at this point, it's it's way too slow and cumbersome to really outmaneuver you, and they're not even going to try. What they're going to do is they're they're manning their gun stations. They're going to be trying to shoot back at you, but um, it's kind of if uh, if they start firing at you, it's going to be Arden's job to to maneuver out of the way. But for your part, you're just kind of aiming at a still target, so um, you don't have to roll anything. Ah, brilliant. I start shooting. <laughs> yeah, me too. Both both of the man-eaters forward uh, laser turrets blast at the freighter, and the lazy comet's energy shields uh, buckle and warp from the impact like an umbrella under a waterfall. One of the comet's gun turrets gets uh, off a few blasts before being pelted from the opposite direction. 
Then Jolie swoops in and the stolen headhunter out of the asteroid cloud, dangerously close to the freighter, drawing its fire from uh, the gunboat while our heroes continue to just rain blasts upon its defenseless flank. A chunk of asteroid smashes into the cargo ship, taking one of its two gun turrets. What's left of its deflector shield flickers out of existence. Jolie's voice comes up again. All right, stop. Hold your fire. Stop. I'm going to stop I shooting. I let one slip out. <laughs> <laughs> ah, memories. Good times. Those are good times. Man, do you hear that I'm fucking... I'm excited listening to it. The production quality. <laughs> oh, Amazing. my God. Fucking Robbo, man. I think we might actually be working with Ben Burt in disguise. Maybe Ben Burt just really likes video games and Star Wars. Maybe. Anyways, if you want more of that, check us out at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. Yeah, we got more of that. And we are so happy to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. We are the Dengar of Star Wars podcasters. You know, everybody looks pretty cool on that bridge, and then you got the guy with a sour look and a funny hat. Is he the guy with the the head wrap? Yes. He he looks dirty. He looks like he smells. I I think that's a self. I think that's a safe assumption. But anyways, you know, I, I'm not trying to hate on Dengar. <laughs> he looks dirty. My least favorite of the classic Empire Strikes Back bounty hunters by he a long shot. Dust chunk. himself off. <clears throat> People always talking about how like Boba Fett's armor looked fuck looks fucked up. Look at Dengar. He yeah. just threw some shit together. Yeah, a scout. He's the definition of a uh, what is that? A kit, a crash kit, or a what do they call it in toys? Where you just kit bash, kit bash. He yeah. is a kit bash. Anyways, uh, what other bounty hunter like podcasts are on the network? You ask. Now this is podcasting. Rebel Girl, Steel War, Steel Wars, Steel Wars. Podcast two one eight seven. The Sith list. Rogue One. Idiots Array, Tarkin Stop Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. And that's the business. So. <laughs> business was good. Buddy. <clears throat> I. Sometimes I'm fairly good at. Avoiding any sort of. Unnecessary Star Wars hype. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I was. Full on confident we weren't going to be seeing anything during the Super Bowl. Didn't even flip over to that channel once on Sunday. Super Bowl is not really my thing, though. I realize, you know, tons and millions and millions of people are excited about it. I hope they I had a good know. time. Apparently, this year, from what I hear, wasn't anybody's thing. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I heard, but. Um, so I didn't fall into the, oh, maybe there'll be a surprise trailer or something at the Super Bowl hype. However,. I did fall into perhaps a much more boring hype train, and that was the quarterly earnings call with Mr. Bob Iger. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, uh, these have been a source of some interesting news in the past. If I'm not mistaken, Ryan Johnson's forthcoming trilogy was announced in one. Uh, I believe the Cassian series was also announced in an earnings call and for sure I'm forgetting other things 
So it's not like we haven't gotten big announcements from them in the past. But let's just say there was nothing to be had this week, this year, or this quarter, or whatever the fuck, this time. And I tuned into that whole thing, and I listened to it from top to bottom. And there was a couple of interesting takeaways, but nothing necessarily like earth-shattering. Yeah. Uh, for one, uh, throughout the earnings call, the success of The Last Jedi was continually reinstated, restated. So, like, for instance, they were going over how, like, uh, you know, certain aspects of the business took a bit of a downturn as opposed to last year because they didn't have something performing as well as the last Jedi did at the same time last year. Right. Mm -hmm. That was, so they'd be like, well, you know, merchandising was down this point of a percent or whatever. And that's because we didn't have the merchandising surge that we had from the last Jedi. And you know, that kind of stuff is important. To a company like it's, Disney. It's one of those things, say what you will about the movie. You had to pay to watch the movie to have an opinion about it. Well, and and it was not it was not a situation where people only went once either. You right. don't you don't get to one point six billion with people going once. Like there were repeat. I mean, it's Star and, Wars. Right. Star Wars are the one you don't you don't just go see Star Wars once. Unless it's solo, apparently. Holy Lord. Anyways, um, another thing that I've seen people jumping on, and I thought maybe I could add a tiny bit of clarity or at least another perspective, because I agree when the statement first was made, it even elicited a, like a what the fuck response from me. But a so they allow a, like a, a Q&A segment where investors can call in and ask specific questions yeah. to Bob Iger. And, you know, some of the questions, a lot of it was based around their upcoming streaming plans because they talked a little bit about Disney Plus gave no sort of launch day or any like important information and also talked a little bit about, um, you know, the upcoming Galaxy's Edge expansion to the two Disney parks and stuff. And one caller specifically asked about the future of Disney's involvement in video games. And Bob Iger said basically, well, you know, in the past, we've tried to do video games internally. We've bought studios and then had to close them down. And, you know, he, he basically said, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, but not that much. He said, you know, we're good at making movies and TV shows and, and uh, theme park attractions. Um, it's best if we leave video games to people that know them better, right? And he right. said, so in the future, he anticipates that they will continue, continue to license their properties to developers. And then he says, like we did with EA in Star Wars, which has been successful for us. And that, understandably, like I said, even at first for me, got an, a response where I was like, successfully, ain't they canceled like two games, if not more behind the scenes? Like, didn't they botch the launch of Battlefront 2? You know, 
plenty of reasons to be upset with with EA's handling of Star Wars. Right. But what I think we need to do is examine it in the context of an earnings call, right? This wasn't a, a call about public perception or disappointment. It's about earnings, right? Right. About money. And what he's saying is that's been good for them because I imagine EA, I don't know how it works. Like, did when EA got the exclusive license for Star Wars, did they have to pay them a huge fee in the millions and millions and millions of dollars up front for 10 years? Or is that a yearly payment they get from EA for the next uh, 10 years? I don't know how that e- stuff works. Either way, they're getting their money, whether right. EA is getting theirs or not. Right. And plus, so that's, that's basically free money for Disney without them having to do anything. That's just right. a licensing fee. And then I imagine they also get a cut of whatever sales of Star Wars games go on. I'm sure. <laughs> so what I'm saying is I agree with everybody that was like, this hasn't been successful. I totally agree. But that is not the the prism at wh- from which Bob Iger was approaching this. He was saying financially for Disney, it has been successful. Because it made it, money. It made them money. Exactly. <clears throat> So, you know, it just, I thought that was something to keep in mind. That's um, interesting. Incredibly interesting. I'm glad you brought it up and explained I, that. I'm hoping, like we've talked in the future, no one studio will get the the exclusive license to Star Wars. I don't think that's, I mean, that would thing. just be the best, right? Like, right. I think they could still make money licensing Star Wars out on an individual game basis. I don't know if that, you know, how much more work that requires and hassle, but I think it would be worth it for public perception because there's, I think, I feel like there's only so many hits to the Star Wars video game brand, like in like a weird kind of business sense, like that Star Wars can take, only take so many hits in the realm of video games before like people just lose all sort of public confidence in Star Wars video games. So in the long run, you know, or in the short term, yeah, they may be making money licensing with this licensing deal to EA, but in the long term, it could end up hurting Star Wars video games as a brand, if that makes sense. It does make sense. (laughs) I mean, I think you would have, you'd have to do something really awful to hurt Star Wars as a brand. Yeah, but I mean, if there's just con- I mean constant controversy and and like you know I I still even think constant controversy is still falls under the category of no you know no press is bad press right yeah I mean I don't know I, I think you're underestimating like not the general public's but like video well, simply, gamers in general's hate for EA understandably well, I talk, I mean, I myself possess that EA hate, but clearly, I mean, we bought the video game. Like, cl- Battlefront made them money. Oh, like, no doubt. even the thing that everybody bitched about and threw a fit about and, you know, that everybody boycotted, it still made them money. So, like... Yeah, but there was also, if you remember back maybe around this time last year or a little later, like, EA's earnings report came out and it undersold their projections and there's so there's they were thought they were going to make a bunch more money right exactly so it definitely had an effect um 
on EA, you know, but at the end of the day, Disney's still getting that licensing fee. Okay, and that's what I'm saying. Like to get like it didn't hurt Star Wars. It hurt EA. Like, I'm not sure that really hurt Star Wars shine. It more pissed everybody off that EA's bungling their Star Wars opportunity. Yeah. And and for you and I and and other sort of like the people that the Venn diagram of like who want to play video games and who really like Star Wars and want to see those together. Like, I think there is that core group of people that are going to check them out. There will be people that are just so frustrated with the whole EA thing that they don't. You know, there will be people that stick to their guns. I'm not one of them. I want to play Star Wars video games. I'm going to play it even if it sucks. I'm going to tell you about how it sucks, but I'm still going to buy it and play it. And, um, you know, I I just say, I I just think that in the long run, if they were to, like, let's say in four years or three years, whenever the EA deal is up, if they were to just, if they're like, look, EA pays us a shit ton of money, like, I could see that being a bad decision in the long run if EA continually handles Star Wars video games how they have so far. You know, there's just constant stories about how it's going wrong. I don't know. I'm not like a business analyst. I'm not a video game analyst. I just think the possibility that it could hurt Star Wars video games as a whole is there if it's constantly mismanaged. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying now. But, um, something else interesting, EA also had an earnings call the same day on Tuesday, and they had a quote in there about Jedi Fallen Order, and it says, Wilson said he played a 20-minute demo of Jedi Star, or Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order last week. It is exceptional in terms of its level of polish, depth, and living inside of the Star Wars world as a Jedi. That was pretty much the quote. So, there's at least a a 20-minute demo out there that the head of EA was able to play. And by all accounts, Fallen Order is still on track for release later this year, so we'll at least have something to show for all this video game strife for EA. Yeah, that's the upside, I feel like. So, Another interesting thing, speaking of Jedi Fallen Order, um, which we know is being developed by this by the company Respawn, right? They did Titanfall 1 and 2. Right. They had a surprise video game release this week. Really? Yeah. So I started seeing on over the weekend that I guess quote-unquote influencers like Twitch streamers and YouTubers and stuff were invited to a secret event where they got to play a new Battle Royale game set in the Titanfall universe called Apex Legends. Okay. And like this started leaking out sort of on the weekend and people were like, it's coming soon and by soon, we mean Monday. And sure enough, Monday, they dropped Apex Legends like a new free-to-play battle royale game set in the titanfall universe developed by respawn apparently it thus far is the biggest development team they've had on a game i've i've been playing quite a bit of it i didn't realize that was the game you were talking i didn't realize it was a surprise release but yeah i've been playing quite a bit of it i haven't had the chance to play it we were going to play the other night and ended up playing halo so what are your sort of early impressions of it so far 
The early impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, it is neat. It is very obviously okay. Loot box driven, right? It's it's right. it's aimed at making money through the additional stuff. But to me, cosmetic skins aren't a big deal. You know, I'm just not your market. You know, I'm maybe a crotchety old man and I refuse to pay for extra stuff. And like, just because my assault rifle can look 50 different skins doesn't really matter to me. So the pursuit of that kind of misses me in particular. But right. um, the everything else is pretty tight. The gunplay is pretty tight. The weapons are pretty tight. Uh, looting. The uh, dropping in the, the area, the arena, uh, everything kind of is big. I don't know. It, it seems oversized, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. just stylistically, not in a negative way. It's just kind of stylistically oversized. I, I give another way to put it. I, I can't really come to. It's kind of neat though, because um, there's a heroic kind of feel to it. Because the each character has powers, individual powers, and that is where I'm having some trouble mastering is the character's powers and who's most effective at what. Right. Uh, I can pick up the gunplay. I can. I, I understand the battle royale aspect of it. So what but I think, what what's I've, really neat is the revival stuff. Yeah. So like, if if one of your teammates dies, you can pick up like their flag and take it to a revival zone and bring them back. Yeah. You you get a chance to revive them. But if the, if that doesn't happen or they get offed, you get like mm, ninety, maybe ninety seconds, sixty seconds to get to their body and download their schematics or whatever. There. Mm. And then you have to take that back to a respawn point. So that's cool. It, that's it's, a neat little wrinkle on the formula. It's it's a neat wrinkle. It's quite laborious to bring someone back, but instantly gives your team an edge. Like let's say, you know, your squad damn near got wiped, but the one guy left was able to get both of your tags and then respawn you, and all of a sudden your squad's back up. Now you're down all the guns. You know, you might come back without a weapon. Right. So this is the thing. Like, I've heard it being described as a cross between, like, Fortnite and Overwatch since the characters have their own powers and stuff. Yeah. I find that cool. Um, It's cool. It's, um, okay, there's a lot of bright, vibrant color. Right. Lots of it. And I know that's very appealing probably to a younger audience. And then... There's a lot of bright color coming at me when I'm firing the gun, when the damage is landing, there are numbers coming off, there are col- different colors for like the hit markers, and then there's the armor mark. It, I feel like I'm in an arcade and playing pinball, and the machine is blowing up at me, blinking when I'm trying to, when I'm firing at somebody. Yeah. And now, and it may just come from the PUBG, the Call of Duty, just not being used to that. Because I'm, does does Fortnite light up with a bunch of colors and numbers and stuff when it's you very colorful and and if I'm being completely honest, I find that just personally that art style approach more appealing than a Call of Duty or a PUBG, which is just drab. You yeah, and I mean? that's cool. I go the other way. I yeah. really like the realness of the PUBG, like the fantastical <laughs> elements. Take it out of it for me. They like I don't know, bring me out of it a little bit, but it's more fun. I mean, they you know, it's more. The the crazy stuff is more fun. You know, it's fantastical. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to being more of a Halo guy than like a military shooter guy. Halo's very bright and colorful too. 
yeah, not at true. the same level as like a Fortnite or I assume this or like a Borderlands, you know. You know what? That was the other one, Borderlands. It's a lot like Borderlands. Oh, because right because the gear is tiered. Like there's a white is basic. And then there's blue level gear, and then there's purple level gear, and then there's finally the gold level gear. That's that's best. very Fortnite as well. Oh, okay. So like, the thing with me is, if it's a free to play game like Fortnite or this, I honestly don't mind one bit if they have some sort of cosmetic cosmetic. Um, yeah, no, shop. I don't mind at all because i'm just saying it's 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 missing me is all i was saying yeah like, i totally get honestly if i get into it i'm the kind of guy that will throw down a couple of bucks to get a character or a skin or something i like just because i don't mind supporting the developer if it's a game i enjoy i never got roped into spending money on fortnite because i barely played it and was just like i saw no need to you know it's not i'm definitely not the dude that's going to fire up the game for the first time and immediately pin, uh, spend 20 bucks. I need to play it for a little while and see if, like... I need to decide I made a commitment. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out. And what's interesting is... <coughs> apparently... Um, so they had that game come out. They've got Jedi Fallen Order coming out. And they also have another game set in the Titanfall universe that isn't Titanfall 3. Uh, they said Titanfall 3 is not in the works right now, which, you know, I'm sure it will be eventually. If I had to guess, they'll probably wait till next generation to bring out Titanfall 3. But they they basically hinted at that the next game in the Titanfall universe is going to be something of a different genre, right? Something unexpected, sort of. And the two that I could think of that they could do is, like, maybe they'll do... Um, sort of like a Halo Wars or a Psycom or not Psycom, XCOM type tactical game mm -hmm. or strategy game. I could see that being kind of cool set in that universe. And the other one, which I would not be as stoked to see, but it's one that people have been uh, attempting ever since Hearthstone sort of took off, is some sort of collectible card game. Um, like when Blizzard brought out hearthstone it was huge and you know that's like a a collectible card game sort of like magic the gathering but set in the blizzard universe right right um and elder scrolls has one um the witcher has one you know companies have been trying to get into that ever since hearthstone was so I think successful dungeons and dragons might have one. Oh, really like a, like that you can download and play online I don't know if it's a collectible card game, but it's called Three Dragon Ante, I believe. Oh, well, yeah. So, like, the way they work is, you know, you download them for free. You can get a certain money or you can get a certain amount of um, card packs to open, which are basically loot boxes through regular pay play. But you can then also buy more packs and stuff. Yeah. Magic the Gathering, the original loot box. Jesse got way into hearthstone for a oh, while really there. yeah she was way into. i remember it. i mean i remember where like she would play like, on the couch all night was looking yeah like she would sit on the couch next to me playing hearthstone while i played something else and she would be looking up like deck building strategies and stuff she was way into hell it. yeah 
it was cool. I tried to play it and was not very good. I also, I'm easily distracted, so I moved on to something else. Like, sometimes I envy Jessie's one-game focus, where she's like, no, I'm going to play Hearthstone and get good at it. Where I play a few games of Hearthstone, and I'm like, I don't know. I could play Final Fantasy VII again. <laughs> I'm going to do that. <clears throat> but, yeah, I just wonder if maybe one of those two directions are the way they're going to go. Um, you want to move on to some Mandalorian talk? Let's do it. You want to talk about a very lucky person named, I believe, Alexandra? Alexandre? Yes. So, this guy went to, I think it was an Oscar party, right? And at the Oscar party, Mr. John Favreau was there. And this guy went up to him and was talking to him, told him, got a couple pictures with him, told him how excited he was for the Mandalorian. And John Favreau reaches into his pocket and gives him maybe one of the coolest, one of a kind, I assume one of the kind, Star Wars collectibles I've ever seen. His executive producer coin for the Mandalorian. Do you want to explain, uh -huh. like, describe this thing for people? I, like, I don't even know if I. I can't like it's a coin and it's two sided. Right. On one side there is an image of basically what looks like some sort of rhinoceros skull with a giant horn. <coughs> Excuse me. And then on the top around the outer ring it says the Mandalorian. And uh -huh. on the bottom half it says executive producer. Yep. And then inside next to his horn there's some sort of rune, some sort of mark. And then what I assume is 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the question I have about that side, the side that has what looks like a rhino skull, I'm sure it's some sort of Star Wars of right. rhino. Right. I have a feeling like, you know how um, Boba Fett has the mythos mythosar skull on his armor? Yeah. I wonder if like this is something similar. Like, is this going to be this dude's symbol? Yeah, yeah, Instead if this is on his armor. Yeah. yeah. I would kind of think, like, I don't think you would just slap that image on this coin for if it didn't have some sort of significance to it, you know? Yeah. And then what would you say is on the other side? On the other side is the the helmet, uh, the straight-on image of the helmet of the Mandalorian. And then um, on the outer edge, it has some sort of writing. It's not Arabish. I mean, it's definitely like an alien runic language. Yeah. And, uh, man, it is cool. What would it's I, very... what I would give to have this motherfucker in my possession. Oh my goodness. It is cool. Um, sort of the, the middle ridge on his helmet is more defined in this image than even in that, that one image of the Mandalorian we've gotten so far, I think. Um, like really I feel like if you heighten that ridge even a little more you'd have sort of a phase one clone trooper helmet from the end of yeah. attack of the clones yeah yeah <clears throat> but man that's cool that is real cool makes me wish I saw John Favreau I just go up to him and be like man I'm excited for the Mandalorian and hold out my hand be like what are you doing hey, give me a coin I hear that's what you do hey, you give him a wink wink and give you how about a crisp high five he just turns around and walks away. He's like, I gave my only my only coin away. He's probably got a ton of those. 
Do you know if I was the executive producer on The Mandalorian, how many of those coins I'd be fucking having printed up? You'd you you'd uh, roll around in your chain. Your pockets would be like ching 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 ching. I'd be like, you got a lot of change on you. I'd be like, no, that ain't change. Here, have a coin. You'd be giving them out like Santa Claus. Yeah, they'd be yeah. checking you out at the grocery store. Be like, here, have a coin. <clears throat> okay, so that wasn't the only little bit of Mandalorian news we had this week. We also had uh, some comments from Thor Ragnarok. Um, director Taika Watiti, who we know is not only directing an episode, the last episode, uh, according to Jason's reports over at makingstarwars.net, but he's also appearing as some sort of character in one of the episodes. And apparently this took place at the FXTCA panel, where he was making an appearance because... There's a TV adaptation of his movie, What We Do in the Shadows, coming out, okay. right? And um, he's also apparently directing a new movie called Jojo Rabbit. And okay. uh, they brought up The Mandalorian to him, and this is what he had to say about his experience. I really loved it. John Favreau is a genius and so smart and so good at what he does creating these worlds. The scripts are really great. It was fun doing something in the Star Wars universe. It's every kid's dream to just see a stormtrooper. So when you're doing scenes with 50 or 60 of them, it's amazing. I loved it. So, I don't know about you, dude. 50 or 60 stormtroopers, that sounds like a hell of a scene in a live-action Star Wars TV show. Yeah, right? Like, that's a bigger scale than I was expecting. Definitely. Um, and then asked if the project had any leeway for his kind of improv improvisational comedy. What TD said there was a bit. The Star Wars universe is very different from the Marvel style. They know that whatever was set up in the tone for the first films should be adhered to and what the fans like. You can't disrespect it, which is a nicer way of saying that you can't put too many jokes in them. But my tone is in there with the dialogue. So... I mean, basically, from from reading that, we can ascertain that it's it's not going to be the same sort of jokey style that Ragnarok was, which is fine. I feel like that fits more in line with Star Wars to tone that like, down a little mm, bit. Well, I mean, yeah, I feel Marvel had to work its way up to that, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy had to really... Marvel was like, oh, okay, so that's okay. Right. We right. can goof off, and everybody likes that. Now, I do not. So this, I'm reading this wire, uh, this off of sci-fi.com, sci-fi wire. I don't know where this next bit of information comes from, or what. Right? But listen to this next paragraph. Okay, his character will have something to do with beloved bounty hunter Boba Fett which what TD says was another career highlight. For most kids growing up with those films, Boba Fett is a favorite character, even though he's barely in the films. Getting to see characters like that and being in the shoot with them is pretty cool. Okay. The fuck does that mean, Will? 
I, you calm tell me, me down. I don't know, buddy. Calm hey, me down. It's got a mean Boba Fett, right? I don't know, because would he give that away at a panel that Boba Fett's in this show? But he didn't say it, did he? He didn't say he's in the show, but he said he has something to do with Boba Fett. And it does. It's that's not even in quotes, so it doesn't seem like in the article. It doesn't seem like that's a direct quote from him, because I would figure if if that was, they would have it in quotes. Oh, and he said, "I have something to do with Boba Fett." I don't know. I'm confused. I don't. I what too. other beloved character though? Like when he's talking about being in the president's. I mean, president. When he's being in the presence of. Getting to see characters like that and being in the shoot with them is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's referring to that IG droid, be it IG-88 or some other. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we could droid. just be blowing it out of proportion. Right. Maybe it could just be as simple as he's once again referring to being in shoots with a bunch of stormtroopers, you know? Like, yeah. stormtroopers are iconic enough that you could consider them you a consider character. consider them a character, yeah. Right. But fuck, dude, that has something to do with Boba Fett. I don't know if that's the author of the articles. Like, something tells me he wouldn't give it away. I mean, John Favreau has messed with Disney enough to know what's up. I don't know, dude. But when I saw that, like, you know, that made my old heart skip a beat. Oh, I know it did. I don't know, man. I'm trying not to I'm trying not to get too excited because I don't want just like with Solo, I didn't want to take any marks away from Solo if Boba Fett didn't show up. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you, I was so certain Boba Fett was going to show up at some point in Solo. You know? Really? Oh yeah, man. It's it just one of those things I I just knew it was going to happen. Boy was I wrong. But I don't know, man. I mean, they even bring up in the article that, you know, Boba Fett is not a, considered a Mandalorian. He just wore the armor. And also, in the time period that the Mandalorian is set, Boba is presumed dead, and a man named Cobb Vanth is wearing what's left of that armor. So that's all in the uh, Aftermath books. You know, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Who knows? Like, maybe he's going to play Cobb Vanth. And maybe Boba Fett will show up to get that armor back. That would be cool. That would be cool, but I don't know about it. Dude, they can't kill Boba Fett. I mean, they could. Yeah. Totally could if they wanted to. And he's got to die at some point. But if you haven't, I mean, if you haven't, if he's not already dead, why kill him? You know what I mean? Like, Well, I mean, they could always. I, I feel like they could. Always take the approach that Boba died in the Sarlacc, you know? Yeah, but it was so ambiguous, it left it open to where he didn't, where he could have not. Right, but they could always say that, yeah, it was ambiguous, but he really died. If they really wanted to, they could do that. I, mean, I, yeah. I don't personally see, you know, the benefit in that, but I'm biased. I'm like a super Boba Fett fanboy, so I can't be like, well, that's, I mean, of course he's not dead. You know, in and the fact that in the aftermath books they find his armor with no boba, like that's suspicious. Like, did the did the sarlacc fucking crack him open like a lobster and spit out the shell? I don't know, man. Yeah. 
I hope that's not the case. I hope we don't get into the Mandalorian and they're just like, oh yeah, he totally died in the Sarlacc. Move along. Yeah, that'd be that'd be sad. Yeah, but also like, I mean, I guess it would be really heartbreaking if Boba Fett was the only thing I was into in Star Wars. Thankfully, it's not. Other otherwise, I'd be a real disappointed dude. I might be making angry YouTube videos or something if that was the case. <laughs> but angry YouTube videos. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how that plays out and it's crazy to think that we're probably gonna see the first episode of the mandalorian before episode nine maybe even the first few um i I guess it really just depends on when the disney plus app launches um because the only hint from the earnings call was towards the end of this calendar year so you know I have a feeling that's probably late fall, winter-ish, end of October, November-ish, that app will launch. Do you want to hear some something fucking silly? I had a slight, not a panic attack, but I had a little bit of a anxiety this week. Oh, really? About yeah, what? This stupid fucking Disney app. Um, what? Yeah, my anxiety came from... What if I don't have a device that can get the Disney app? You know what I mean? Like, How would that even be possible? Okay, so I have a, a variety of streaming devi- devices capable of streaming. I've got Xbox. i got a PlayStation. Roku is built into my TV in the living room. So Great. nine times so out of... where is the doubt that you wouldn't be able to... Oh, I, because not everything is available at least right away. You know, like it took forever for HBO Go to show up on the Xbox as a streaming app. Um, And things like that. It just makes me worried that like, when they come out, they'll be like, oh, well, it's launching on Apple TV and uh, Amazon Fire Sticks. And I'll be like, fuck, I gotta go buy one of those just for Disney Plus? No way. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, like, okay, so... DC have their own streaming service now where you can watch like Titans and the new series of young justice. And I think they have like, uh, the old animated, like animated Batman and all that stuff on it. Right. Uh, yeah. No app on the Xbox. But DC isn't Disney. Disney will be shooting itself in the face. I totally agree. To not be ubiquitous across all, you know, consoles and TV. If you can get Hulu or if you can get Hulu or Netflix on it, you can get Disney app on it. I guarantee. Well, another thing that I I wonder and I've heard people (coughs) uh, sort of speculate about is right now Disney owns like something like 25, 30 percent of Hulu. Right. And. After the Fox deal goes through, I believe they'll have like 60% of Hulu. They'll own like a majority stake in Hulu. Those numbers might be sort of off. I'm kind of wondering if at the very least they allow you to add it to your Hulu account. Like you know how you can, like you can get just regular Hulu, but if you want Showtime, you can add it to your Hulu account. 
So you get charged a little more, but then you also have Showtime available to you on Hulu. I think they might do some other channels that way, maybe like Stars and stuff. So I think at the very least, besides having a standalone app, that may be one of those things you can add to um, some sort of other subscription, be it Hulu or Amazon Prime, because you can do the same thing on Amazon Prime. You can add some of the premium channels and watch those through the app. So really, there's no reason for me to have had anxiety about it, but it was just one of those things because I want to see this this fucking show so bad that I got a little anxious about it. Don't be anxious. I know. I get You're it. totally going to be able to see it. All right. Before we go on to um, emails and voice messages, I wanted to share something with you. So, uh, I actually told Johnny about this on Rogue One this week. I'm going to share with you maybe the dumbest thing, one of the dumbest things I've ever read related to Star Wars on the internet. So, there was a quote-unquote leak, right, about the ending to episode 9. Okay. I want you to trust me here. If I thought there was any possibility of this being the case, I wouldn't tell it to you because I know you wouldn't be down to hear spoilers like that. So trust me. Secondly, in the extreme off chance that this turns out to be real, I apologize. And once you hear it, you'll understand like why I am so confident in telling you. Okay. Okay. So this leaker said the episode nine culminates in a battle between Ray and Kylo. Okay. Sounds perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting. And then eventually Ray gets the upper hand on Kylo and defeats him. And in the moment she defeats him, the screen goes to white and the two characters appear in this weird, like otherworldly white space. Right. And they're yeah. confused. They don't know where they are and who, who appears but the force ghosts of Luke and Anakin Skywalker. And they explain to Rey and Kylo that they are the light side and dark side half of Anakin Skywalker, and they are battling it out to decide Anakin Skywalker's fate, meaning that the entire sequel trilogy takes place in between the time that Anakin Skywalker dies and we see him as a force ghost in some weird lost style sideways universe that doesn't really exist. It's a weird dream vision thing that's basically Anakin Skywalker's soul fighting to come towards the light side. I don't know. It's ridiculous. I shot JR. It's, you know what it is? It is someone who is like, okay, J.J. Abrams is doing the last episode of Star Wars. He did Lost. Meanwhile, they don't realize that J.J. Abrams really didn't have much to do with Lost after the first couple of seasons, you know? Right. So they're trying he to come. He was like, I'm going to get you guys off on started. And then and I'm, I'm going to go like. Uh, we're going to make some Star Trek. Yeah, some make some Star Wars. M- Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. <laughs> Maybe some Cloverfield. I have my fingers in some Cloverfield business. 
So like they're really trying to come up with like a lost style ending, not realizing that J.J. Abrams didn't have anything to do with the ending of Lost. You know what I mean? It is uh, when I read it, I was like, "Oh wow, this is fucking silly." Yeah, it's kind of kind of ridiculous. And clearly, someone that wanted to be like, "Oh, and they're gonna undo everything that Episode Eight did." So uh, let me write it how they're gonna do episode, that. Episode Episode Nine is gonna save Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and dude, if if that were to happen. I don't know how I could contain my disappointment. It is so... I mean, that's anticlimactic. That's just the worst way to write a story. Okay, she defeats him in battle. Cut to white space void where they explain that the entire saga has taken place is someone else's moral war inside their personality. Yes, it's very so. Final Fantasy. I mean, like... I'm, it kind of is very Final Fantasy. It is, but it's nowhere near as well written as even the it's worst. It's not epic Han- enough, really, honestly. As as the even the worst Final Fantasy, like dream within a dream. It is like someone who played Final Fantasy, you know, in its in its heyday like some- on the Super Nintendo and PlayStation, and then we're like, I'm gonna make a fan fan game and RPG maker. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, it's bad. Someone was sitting around like, why haven't they given Star Wars the extra dimensional Final Fantasy treatment? Yeah. It was all a dream. All right. You want to do some emails and some voice messages? Dude, if, if, if episode nine really did that, I don't know that. I don't know that I would continue. I would continue, but I—I I, I mean, it's Star Wars. Like, it hurts. That so wouldn't good. be the end of it. It wouldn't be the end of it. But if they actually did that, I would know what it's like to be disappointed in a Star Wars movie. Finally, like, severely disappointed. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, thank you. Let's hear from some of our buddies, though. Kia D! Cockhead! The only Jedi master who can crash box Kia D! Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead! He's a big Surian stud! He loves to split chicks with his pud! Kia D! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls! Kia D! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Lou Herb! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Kia D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All right. Uh, let's roll out the red carpet and, and and play like special horns. Oh, special horns! It's the king, the king of all times, and he's got something for our mind grapes. 
Well, I think there are a few people this week who didn't get the, what they were hoping for. Disney had its quarterly earnings call, and I think a lot of us were hoping for something like an Episode Nine title or news about a future project, and we didn't get any of that. And, I, you know, I, I listened to the whole thing, and there was something that really stood out to me. And in the end, it made me just as happy as hearing an Episode Nine title or hearing what's going on with the Ryan Johnson movies. You know, throughout the whole call, Bob I- Disney had Bob Iger and the other two people, they mentioned one movie, one past movie more than any others. Not, you know, the Black Panther, which is rightfully up for Academy Award for Best Picture and a slew of other awards. They mentioned The Last Jedi at least four times in the context of we did not make as much money this past quarter because we didn't have The Last Jedi. They said The Last Jedi was a phenomenal success. And to me, this is huge news because I don't think, you know, I don't think they can lie or fudge numbers about the past to investors on something like this. And to say that their studio didn't have a movie that did this well means to me that, you know, they're telling the people who are going to put money into the company, this is the type of thing that makes us money. And while in the future, I don't think we're going to be getting a Last Jedi Part 2, I think that's the, the direction. Movies, other films made by the same people, as in Ryan Johnson, coming out the same time of year, December, the same style. I don't, you know, to, to everyone who says... Uh, Last Jedi ruined Star Wars. Disney's going downhill. Gonna boy the boycotts are gonna you know. This is a huge middle finger in my mind to all of that. So yeah, it's not it's not what's going on with Ryan's trilogy or the Benioff and Weiss stuff or the Star Wars movie we're getting in 2020. But it is something that's saying this movie did a great job for us. So therefore, you know, from the wakes. way companies work this is what we're going to be getting more of anyway i just wanted to share that wondered if you had any other thoughts about that Uh, thanks for listening and i will talk to you guys later thanks for calling in king tom he brings up salient points isn't that salient points which you brought up already actually yeah i mean not as in depth i i think that is uh he brings up a good point that it's it's probably a good look into their mindset on how they feel about the last Jedi, you know, like I just, I think it's a good sign for, you know, that movie and hopefully for episode nine, how well that movie performed. And I I tell you what, there seems to be no shortage of fervor for star Wars right now. Um, look, I want a title too. I'm very interested to hear what the episode nine title is. But I also feel like they might be playing their cards pretty right, getting everybody whipped up into a frenzy before dropping that title. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Honestly, it's probably... You know, I, I see some people saying like, oh, they'll probably reveal the title and the trailer at Celebration. Probably not the case for a few reasons. A, um, there are some events coming up before Celebration that the title will probably be involved with. One of which is Toy Fair. Toy Fair in New York is... uh, 
what is it? February 16th, right? Okay. And now, with Star Wars in the past, especially the saga movies, episode seven and eight, there hasn't been a ton of product on display. They've been kind of secretive about it and not showing off figures and stuff, especially that early in February. So I'm not expecting that, but they have had promotional material with at least the title on right? So I have a feeling that we'll probably know the title before Toy Fair. Um, just from, you know, that, that standpoint alone. Secondly, Star Wars Celebration, if it follows the same pattern as it has in the past, there's going to be whatever Episode Nine titles uh, title is merchandise available like at the last celebration i brought bought a last jedi shirt right so there's going to be stuff i would imagine with that title on it available at celebration and there's no way they could get away with having all that stuff made printed and shipped and and ready to sell at celebration without the title leaking out so if i had to guess we will be getting a title probably this month, I could very well be wrong, but I have a feeling it's going to kind of coincide with the end of filming like it has in the past. So, <clears throat> that's just my two cents. That's awesome. All right. I enjoy your two cents. Thank you. I got four cents for you, buddy. Ooh, I'm rich. Okay. Next up, we have a voicemail from our buddy, Jacoby who's been writing in. I think this is his first voicemail. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is your buddy H. Jacoby from Portland, Oregon, calling in. Uh, As I had mentioned in one of my emails, I've been recently catching up on your back catalog, and something really interesting came up in an episode I wanted to kind of share one of my thoughts with you. Um, In episode 63, our buddy Richie from Boston, he asks what we think people are thinking once they're frozen in carbonite. And Haas, you were wondering if Solo was dreaming while frozen? Well, in the Return of the Jedi novel, written by James Caan, I don't know exactly what page it's on, because in the particular book I have, it's got Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, all in one book. But in page, excuse me, in part three, chapter three, it's after Luke has uh, saved the gang from Jabba's palace. And when they're going back to back to their ships, you know, Solo back to the Millennium Falcon and Luke back to his X-Wing, Han stops him and he shares something with him. So I'm, I'm going to read from the book, uh, the Return of the Jedi novelization. Han stopped him, his manner suddenly quieter, even serious. Thanks for coming after me, Luke. Luke felt embarrassed for some reason. He didn't know how to respond to anything but a wisecrack from the old pirate. Think nothing of it, he finally said. No, I'm thinking a lot about it. That carbon freeze was the closest thing to dead there is. And it wasn't just sleeping. It was a big, wide-awake nothing. A nothing from which Luke and the others had just saved him. And then it goes on. But the part I really want to emphasize is where he says it was like a big, wide-awake nothing. Now, that is horrifying to think that he was frozen for a year or better and more or less conscious of everything that's going on around him. And this makes Vader even more sick and sadistic. Because if you remember from 
Clone Wars, I think it's season three, uh, the episode is The Citadel, where Anakin and Obi-Wan, they lead their strike force into the Citadel. Do you guys remember how they got in there? They froze themselves in carbonite, which means that Anakin knows what it's like to be frozen in carbonite and be fully aware of your surroundings. So to do that to Han Solo and just to give him up without any idea of when this man would ever be released, that is some terrifying prospect to think that that is I, I can't even put it into words just to think about how horrifying this this truly is and I know the whole thing about you know if it's if it's in the novels it's not necessarily considered canon unless it's contradicted by something that's in the movies and to my knowledge that thought of Han being wide awake while in carbon freezing is still considered canon because nothing contradicts it but anyway I wanted to get get your guys' feelings on this or if you had any at all, but it's just horrifying to me to to think that he was frozen in place but wide awake at the same time and unable to, to call for help or anything. Anyway, horrifying. Thanks for hearing me out, fellas. I uh, really appreciate everything that you guys do on the show. As I said in one of my earlier emails, you help make the day go by, and I really enjoy the show. So uh, keep on keeping on, fellas, and for all of our Blue Harvest family and friends out there, be good to yourselves and be good to each other. This is H. Jacoby from Portland, punching out. Dude, that's terrifying. It is terrifying. The only question, I mean, and it's a cool voicemail and it's a cool premise. It's a cool, um, it's a cool idea. The only thing I, w- I would ask is, you know, he was saying that he was aware of his surroundings. And I don't know that he, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that we know one way or the other, unless the book said, but I, I don't think the book said. But I mean, that's even more horrifying to me is to not, you know, to be in complete silence. No, I think you're right. I think, like, I don't think he would be. Like, maybe he would have some general, mo- like, idea if he was being moved around. But to me, it would almost be like in an isolation tank, right? He definitely can't yeah. see. Uh, yeah. I would imagine being sealed up. I don't imagine carbon. you can hear through solid carbon. Like. Right. Yeah. I, I bet you that's the case. Like, so you're awake. It's like that fucking uh, video for one by Metallica. Darkness imprisoning me. All that I see. All that I see. Absolute horror. How can I breathe? How can I lie? Oh, my in, God. In all honesty, I mean, it, it's knowing what we know about the human psyche. It's lucky that Han Solo isn't insane when he comes out of that right and you would almost that's like the to, most extreme version of you would uh, have, solitary confinement you would have to imagine that he did sleep occasionally right like i don't know man like i don't, I don't know if you can sleep when your body is frozen yeah i don't know you, dude you know i don't know how you can relax when you can't there's no movement like there's nothing like yeah there's I, only thought I would imagine that eventually you just get so exhausted. Your body just becomes so exhausted from not sleeping that you would have to enter some sort of sleep state, you know? Yeah, and I guess I just don't know the nature of carbonite stasis. Yeah. You know, maybe it is, you know, maybe, you know, maybe circadian rhythms happen every night. Maybe you do sleep. Maybe your brain sleeps. But it says you don't dream. You know, and like... Yeah. You know, you dream when you sleep. Ooh, that's a good point. We're getting deeply philosophical. And we're also, like, it. that is fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. Talk about psychological horror. Yeah. Yeah, for real.
All right. I wonder if Anakin, you know, it is fucked up that he knows what it's like to be frozen in carbonite, but they were frozen for so briefly. I wonder if he even really, even really knows what it's like to be frozen in carbonite. (laughs) Yeah. And we also, of course, have to take into consideration that that was something that was come up with like after the fact, but it's retconned basically. Right. When you, when you look at star Wars chronologically and you add that little bit in, it is pretty fucking devious. Yeah. But like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he doesn't realize like, maybe he's like, man, that sucked, but he didn't. It's like that was 30 years ago and we were frozen for five minutes. It'll be right. Right. And maybe he thought Jabba was going to unfreeze him immediately, not just hang him up on the wall. Like a, yeah, right. He didn't know Jabba was going to plaster him on the wall. All right. So this next one's interesting. It's our buddy, Jim. He sent in a voicemail that I already listened to because the title was pissed. And I was like, well, I got to pre-listen to this one. And he brings up something. And I did my homework before. And I pulled a clip of what he's talking about so we can discuss it. Okay? So let's hear from Jim. Hey, Halls and Will. I'm sorry. I'm going to show a bit of my dark side on this fucking voicemail because I'm very mad I'm gonna to, I'll let you know the fir- the good thing first um, so the the guy that runs the Kessel toy run it doesn't sound like he has any real help and it sounds like he's kind of doing it out of his house and so he's got to pay for storage and store all this stuff and figure out everything I'm sure that he does out of pocket and he works hard it doesn't sound like he's got 15 20 people helping him it's probably him and some family members so I say that we find uh, find out, ask him what his favorite chips are, what his favorite snacks are, what his favorite color Gatorade is, and uh, people that send in toys, they send him, you know, his favorite chips and drink to help him while he's packing all this stuff and doing all this work for charity. Uh, I think it's the least everybody can do. I think that's a real good fucking idea. I've been patting myself on the back, hurting my arm because I came up with that a couple weeks ago. I've been waiting to say it. But the thing I've been waiting for 30 days till I really calmed down about it, and I'm not calming down. I actually got worse. It affected my day-to-day and my fucking job, and I can't explain it to anybody. I don't have any Star Wars friends. Zero. Probably because, you're going to say, probably because of my shitty attitude. But uh, I don't, uh, it's, uh, who am I going to bitch to? I can scream at the top of my lungs. Nobody's going to understand it. But, uh, so, Rianne, Johnson. I know it's Ryan Johnson, but he's Rianne to me until I feel better about the whole Luke Skywalker thing. But, uh, you know, he he's he thinks he's an editor. Uh, he, he, you ever seen Fishing with John? Fishing with John is very funny. Uh, it's a cult show. It's different. Um, he does over-editing. Like, he gets Will, he goes ice fishing with Willem Dafoe, and he edits edits it in such a way that it seems like they're in a it's a survival story and they're dying in the frozen tundra um he does little things like he fixes his hat he moves his hat brim up and down three times and then a duck in the background quacks three times like each time he touches his hat i've seen editing like this in other movies like a guy swinging a hammer he, he hits the nail three times and each time he hits you know a dog barks you know it's little funny little editing things like that that, Two miles you, think that, that you think no one is going West to notice Shelby. Oh, uh, don't miss your turn you know what he did one uh, that pissed me the fuck off uh, like you know the when the pilot 
when uh, when Kylo Ren's like more, more, uh, and he the, he tightens his fist and the pilot through the firing and everything else, the jet, the engine noise, he can hear Kylo's fist tightening. That's ridiculous, but I think it's funny and it's nice. Whatever, I think it's funny. But what he did, and I looked at this a month ago, and I still remember an hour and thirty eight minutes and thirty seconds in, uh, and. Snoke says, um, and you were not wise enough to resist it. And then Ray's fucking nose whistles, dude. Her nose whistles. And you can say it sounds like a droid. There's no droids in the fucking room. And, uh, you know, he, he thinks it's funny. He's playing his little fucking games. And uh, I really, really don't like it, man. It's ignorant. It's, uh, I don't know. But go ahead and pull up netflix on your phone and watch that part in the last jedi but uh it's it's pretty much it's i'm fucking pissed so whatever he thinks that it's uh half mile take exit 10 b you're gonna miss your turn i'm in a bad way man i'm sorry i i've i like was frustrated today at work because of this i mean how stupid and simple and small is it i know but it's affecting my day-to-day life i need you guys to make me feel better about it or, you know, it's not your job Take to make me feel better. Uh, <laughs> but, man, I'm in a bad way about this stupid little thing. You're going to be so in an yeah. even worse way if you don't take Exit 10B. You're going to yeah, be lost. Yeah, it's going to be awful. <clears throat> okay. Honestly, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm going to have to watch it before well, I can guess what? say it. I've got the audio. Uh-oh. I pulled it. So, hold on. I'm going to play it for you guys real quick. Wise enough to resist the bait. And one more time. We're not wise enough to resist the bait. Okay, so first off, let me tell you. I got everything all set up to record tonight early so I could specifically go to that, like log into my Voodoo account, go to my digital version of The Last Jedi, and pull that exact scene up. Thankfully, he gave me a nice um, timestamp to go by. Yeah, he gave us the right spot to look. Buddy, that's not a nose whistle. That, yeah, it doesn't sound like a nose whistle. It's it's Snoke wheezing. Because he starts laughing. Like, he's intaking. And since he's all fucked up, he says, like, you were not wise enough to resist the bait. He breathes in. <laughs> like that. Because <laughs> he's all fucked up. That's him wheezing. Now... The reason you probably think it's a, a nose whistle is because it's focused on Ray's face at that specific scene, but that's not a that's not a nose whistle. If you no, listen, because I'm Snoke, telling you, I'm I'm a man that has some booger whistles. <laughs> booger whistles sound far different than that. And so, like, if you listen to Snoke and the rest of the movie, you will hear sort of the wheezy, crackly. It sounds like he smokes a cart and a lucky strikes a day. Like the dude's all fucked up. So. It's it's not a nose whistle. Ryan doesn't think he's being funny. Um, I think it's just a confluence of events that led you to believe that. And honestly, buddy, I'm just saying this. If it was a nose whistle and that got you that upset, like, I don't know, man. I don't want you to be upset. Don't get that upset over don't, a nose whistle. Don't let Ray's booger whistle make you mad at work. <laughs> Even if that's what it was, I would I'd be like, nah, man, that ain't worth it. Just go have one of those fancy peanut dog, butter. 
I'm a victim. I'm a victim of the booger whistle. Sometimes <laughs> when you wake up from sleeping real hard at night and you've been sucking through your mouth or you've been sucking through your nose and all your boogers real dry <laughs> and they just something ha- they form that perfect I don't know that crusty whistle and then you you just start breathing and it sounds like I typically I only get those booger whistles if I'm sick. You know what I mean? Like if I've got like congestion. I've definitely had them before. I'm I'm lucky that like I don't really sleep with my mouth open though. Super. I don't know that that has anything to do with it. But oh, okay. I thought... I I'm just assuming. I know I do. I sleep with my mouth open. But yeah, man. Just that's it's Snoke wheezing. Um, he's a wheezy dude because he's all he's fucked up in the face wheezer. and body. All right. I hope that calmed you down a little bit, buddy. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, if you're that mad about it, you're probably not going to believe me and think, like, yeah, I'm as far as whatever we said probably just pissed you off more. Yeah, he's probably just going to be like, oh, they're just taking off for The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson. He's like, you're supposed to make me feel better, you assholes. <laughs> I didn't realize it's the Halls and Will Star Wars therapists. Today, on this episode of Halls and Will Star Wars Therapist, Booger Whistles. Are they a thing? Tune in after these words from our sponsors. And Halls we'll find out. Halls and Wills Star Wars Therapist is brought to you by Oscar Meyer, fine purveyor of tube-shaped meats since the 1800s. Come get no some longer bologna. With, no longer with nitrites or nitrates. Come get some bologna, maybe some bacon or ham. Fuck it, drop your pants and put a wiener on the grill. Brought to you by Glade Plugins, the smell of your house burning down when you're not there. Brought to you by that spray that people have in their bathroom. So when they take a dump, it smells like doo-doo and some sort of flowers. <laughs> so it smells like you took a shit in a flower bed. All right. <laughs> we got an email from... Do it with me, Will. Utah... Utah... Dougie. Dougie. Pause and will. One of the things I really love about episode three was the massive saber battles in each act. I feel like... That is something that is missing in the new trilogy. We've had some nice lightsaber fights, but I need lightsaber battles. JJ needs to whip that thing out all over the movie and actually clash it. I think this may help some get some of the fans back on board. Dougie. Um, I see what you're saying. I do see what he's saying. But I think over gratuitous use of the lightsaber fight, when not appropriately set up story-wise can feel hollow so i fucking love lightsabers i love Love. lightsaber battles i love jedi cutting up battle droids with lightsabers but i i also i agree with will i I think if you overuse it then it loses some of its specialness would i like to see more lightsaber action in episode nine than we saw in seven or eight absolutely hell yeah I also wonder, I don't know if they actually took this into consideration when making the movies, but like, you know, the old argument of like, why didn't they fight with lightsabers in the original trilogy like they do in the prequel trilogy? Well, you're dealing with Darth Vader, who is like severely limited by his his circumstances, right? You're dealing with Luke Skywalker, who has never used a lightsaber, so he's still not like, he's, he's in training. He's not a fully formed Jedi like the Jedi in the prequels. Like, the Jedi in the prequels we're seeing are at the top of their game. feel like you could also apply that argument to the sequel trilogy, 
You've got. I mean, statistically, sheer number of lightsabers in existence. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the prequels, every Jedi's got one. Okay, in the original, you know, in the 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 original trilogy, there are probably there are three in existence: Obi Wan's, Anakin's, and Vader's. Like that's it. You know, Palpatine might have one stashed in his. I would assume uh, he does somewhere up his butt. And because we don't know, maybe Ahsoka and Ezra, but a sheer number of lightsabers available to fight with is severely limited between, uh, you know, series trilogies. Um. Yeah. So, but. I don't know, man. I still feel like that Praetorian Guard fight, even though it's not two lightsabers fighting each other. Like, I mean, that was pretty great. Right? I mean, I loved it. That's on par with the the prequels to me, as far as like, is it the Clash of the or is it the Duel of the Fates at the end of Episode One or Anakin versus Obi Wan at the end of Episode Three? No, it's not at that yeah. same scale. But I got the same level of joy and excitement when I saw it, and still do when it happens. You know, yeah. So, I I would definitely like to see more. I I feel like we're probably in store for a pretty sweet fight between Ray and Kylo. So, we'll see how that goes. Now, anything past that, who knows? I would love to see, um, some kick-ass lightsaber stuff, though. But it, it like in the Force Awakens, I almost wonder if, like I was saying, if that's something they took into effect. Were they like, well, Kylo? didn't finish his training with Luke. So maybe he's not the best with a saber. And like, he's also hurt when we see him fighting with the saber, like fighting Ray and Finn with the sabers. Right. He got shot by Chewie and then Ray's also not like completely trained. So I don't know. All right. Uh, next up we have an email from our buddy Dave. Hey, you overweight globs of grease. I've been too busy with life to write in for the last few weeks, but haven't missed an episode. I have been expecting to hear some commentary about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but don't think it's been addressed yet. In case you haven't seen it, it's good. Really good. And for a litany of reason, reasons, it begs a Star Wars comparison. It's a lot like The Last Jedi thematically. Without spoiling, there's some pretty major plot similarities, but also it does some heavy lifting emotionally in terms of what it means to be a hero. It's one of those movies that kids can watch and enjoy, but doesn't dumb down its message, subtlety, or humor. And it looks great and really pushes what animation can do and how animation style can uniquely inform the narrative. Look, I like Star Wars animation, but I always like it with a caveat. Whenever I talk about Clone Wars, Rebels, or Resistance, I feel like they are always come with a disclaimer that they're good for a cartoon or for a budget or for a kid show on Disney XD. Spider-Man doesn't ask for that apology. It's just a good movie that's genuinely smart, funny, and meaningful. And of course, I think to ha- I think you have to look at the Lord and Miller connection. Solo was fine. It was fun. But it was an incredibly standard movie that didn't strive to be special. I suppose we'll never know what exactly what Lord and Miller would have produced, but I can't help but think if it would have been something that reached for more. Maybe it wouldn't have felt as Star Wars-y and failed completely. Who knows? And lastly, I think that Spider-Man really takes the idea of canon and turns it on its head. It freely picks and chooses what parts of the mythos it wants to use. It envelops 
itself in the history of the characters and world without being a slave to it. I'm hoping that as the spinoff projects get farther from the core Skywalker conflict, we'll see more creative freedom to play in the sandbox in new and exciting ways. I'm not even sure I asked a question, but I appreciate your insight into my ramblings. As always, I love to listen. Thanks for making fandom better. Dave in South Florida. Well, thank you, Dave. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yet, and it fucking kills me. It's fucking phenomenal. So you saw it? I did. Um, yeah, I, I want to see it. I just haven't had a chance, and like, it bums me out. Do, do you do you see what he's saying with like the Last Jedi comparisons? Does that ring true for you from what you saw? Mm, not necessarily for me. What rings true for me was his saying that, um, you know, it's a it's a animated movie, but it it's it's not excuses. Like it's just a good story. It's a well told story that just happens to be animated. If that makes sense. Right on. Um, as far as the Lord and Miller thing goes, like, I don't know that it's necessarily a fair comparison to compare something they wrote. Yeah. It it feels some. totally different um, because I I mean I'm I like Lord and Miller like I like their stuff like I'm not like, like a fanboy but like I enjoy it I think they do humorous things I think they did this well right and once again they wrote it didn't direct it right right so but what I'm saying and I'm not taking this as a knock against them is like it's not necessarily. Like, they weren't working off of a script they wrote for Solo, right? They were working off of the Kasdan script. approved, yeah. John Kasdan and Larry Kasdan script. And, you know, obviously we don't know the whole story, but some of the stuff that came out around the time that they were let go is that they weren't sticking to that script real well and were going off page and doing some stuff that Disney wasn't happy with. Uh, Will said it best earlier, I think, when we were talking about Thor and, Thor Ragnarok. They sort of had to build up to that level of humor in a Marvel movie. There's yeah. always been humorous elements in every Marvel movie, but like that style and that level of humor they built up to, I feel. So, and, you know, Will mentioned it earlier. So I kind of feel like that could be the same thing with Star Wars. Like, I'm not saying we can't get a Star Wars movie with the same level of humor as Thor Ragnarok, but it still might be a little too early. You might need to ease into that a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. And it, and it also, you know, may need to be with a new set of characters instead of beloved Han Solo, you know? Like, if the Han we saw in Solo was too thematically different than the Han we grew up with in the original trilogy, then I don't know that it would have meshed as well either. Um, and I agree. I, I, I like solo. I think it's fun, but I do agree with that. There's a level of blandness to it to where like, I don't know. I think some of that is a result of having to reshoot damn near the whole movie in such a short amount of time. You know, yeah. there probably wasn't much opportunity to mix it up at that point, you know? And it could also just be like sort of a result of Ron Howard as a director. I don't really know, but I see what he's saying. 
about the blandness of it. I enjoy the movie. It's Star Wars. I like it, but he's got a fair point with that. It's stuck to some basic tropes. You right. know, like the hero's story. And I know this is over, you know, everybody over criticizes that. And I'm not trying to be another one of them, but Solo sticks to a lot of those. For sure. Not all of them, but a, a lot of them. All right, so next up, we've got an email from our buddy Colton. Howdy, guys. I hope that you're doing well. Your most recent episode in honor of Joe reminded me that Star Wars still does so much good connecting people and establishing meaningful relationships. It's too easy to lose that human element when you're spending days daydreaming about what-ifs and thinking about the minutia of canon, so thanks again. I'd like to share my Star Wars misconception. Oh fuck yeah, Star Wars misconception from when I first watched Empire on VHS back in the late 1990s. In the cave scene on Dagobah, I didn't understand that Luke saw his own face under the mask when he struck down the fake Vader. For some reason, that face didn't look like Mark Hamill to me. In- me too. <laughs> Instead, I thought it looked like the AT-AT driver from the Battle of Hoth. The shield will be down in moments. You may start your landing. Anyways, I invented this story of how Vader sent this guy, whom he obviously trusted, to follow Luke's X-Wing when it took off on a different course from the rest of the Rebel fleet. Vader himself, of course, was busy going after the Falcon. I thought that this was all some elaborate plot to make Luke overconfident about his abilities. He defeated fake Vader so easily that he'd have less trepidation about leaving Dagobah to rescue Han, Leia, and Chewie and confront Vader. It took until I got the special edition DVDs in the late 2000s to see the face clearly enough that I recognized that it was actually Luke. Anyways, hope you guys have a great week. Cheers, Colton. Dude, exact same. When I was young, I didn't, it didn't, something about the angle and the lighting just doesn't necessarily look like Mark Hamill very easily, I guess, on VHS. But right. you you see it clear the Mark Hamill likeness when you you know you see it clear HD or whatever. But I remember being confused too watching it on VHS, and I don't know. For some reason, as a kid, I remember being very young and only having a New Hope on VHS taped off of TV. So like there were commercial breaks and stuff, right? Yeah. I didn't own Empire or Jedi, so I must have rented it or it was on TV. And I remember when that moment happened, my dad straight up, like, I was like, who, what was that? And my dad straight up, ru- like, spoiled the movie for me. He goes, oh, uh-uh. it was Luke's face in there. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And he was like, well, it's it's telling you, it's hinting that L- Vader is Luke's dad. And I just remember being like, like what? wait, what? Darth Vader what? is Luke's dad? And then, <clears throat> obviously, you know, like an hour later or something, when the no, I'm your father moment happens, like I flipped out again and I was insistent that Vader was lying. And my dad straight up didn't even let me wait to see Return of the Jedi. He's like, no, you you definitely find out in the next one that it's, it's his dad. Vader is Luke's dad rocked my fucking world dude that's kind of funny my dad has no spoiler policy no if you wanted to see it you should have seen it before i saw it i wish he had told me that's your dad's spoiler policy yeah the i wish he had told me uh colton's atat driver uh story i'd have been like i'll be damned how did that guy get down there (laughs) 
All right, so we have another email from Colton. We'll save that one for next week. And we got one last one from our buddy Josh, a.k.a. Billy Bob. Hey, Halls and Will. Just wanted to stop by and say hey and to give my condolences to you guys for the passing of Joe. That sucked to hear, and I'm really sorry. And we'll be praying for his family and friends and all the Blue Harvest family. On another note, I hope you guys have an excellent week, and I hope it continues. May the force be with you, Josh, a.k.a. Billy Bob. Oh, thanks, buddy. It was really nice, um, you know, that week that we found out Joe passed away, hearing from everybody that had some interactions with Joe, and, you know, there was a lot of people that did podcasts that were like, man, he was super nice. He sent in, you know, like, encouraging messages, emailed to our podcast, and, like, it was just nice to hear. So... Anyways, guys, I think that's going to do it for us this week. All caught up on emails and voicemails except for Colton's second one. Like I said, we'll do that next week. Save one in the bag, so even if we don't get any other emails, we still got to hear from Colton. Um, Thanks for recording with me, buddy. Dude, thank you for having me on. Um, If you guys like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.com. And here's a little insider info for you. Uh, Maybe a little band called Stoned Cobra entered the studio last weekend. Maybe they're whipping up their next release. Maybe it's going to be coming out on a very appropriate date next year. We'll let you guys do the math and figure that out. Maybe in April? Maybe. And maybe once it comes out... We will finally complete our trilogy of Stone Cobra commercials. That seems like. Oh, man, that would be good. That seems like the perfect time to bring them back. Tune in again next time for the (laughs) exciting adventures of Lightning Dick and Laser Dick. And uh, make sure to leave us a iTunes review if you guys haven't already. It really helps us out. Uh, I believe our buddy Jim at least calmed down a, enough about the nose whistle to leave us a very nice review. We appreciate that, buddy. Um, oh, and I, I meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about uh, our Patreon folks. Um, this month marks our sixth month anniversary of having a Patreon. So thank all you guys so much for your support. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we have... Um, backer rewards or or patreon rewards to get out to you guys this month and it is underway things have been ordered and i'm getting everything together to ship them to you i think you guys are gonna dig the packages we put together so be on the lookout for those you can check out the patreon page i'll be posting updates and stuff for you guys to see and um i need to reach out to our folks getting shirts this month and see what your sizes are and stuff so i will take care of that and get you guys your fucking swag for supporting us and being so badass well anyways uh i think that does it for this week we will do our best to catch up on uh resistance next week or resistance discussions we'll have like three episodes to discuss they're all so far like the past two have been sort of connected so i have a feeling like might be sort of like a little three episode arc that'll make the discussion pretty easy oh the old three episode arc and past that uh who knows what we'll be talking about next week 
hopefully not a fucking earnings call that I'm dumb enough to sit through an hour and a half, two hours of. But anyways, until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Holmes Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>